0: Thanks, Brant, and uh, we're going to address that question, why would he be a baby born to die, and uh, how good it is to celebrate Christmas with uh, our Bethel Church family, and thank you so much for coming. I hope that this is being a blessing to you, and as we open God's Word, how we do so believing this to be God's Word and to be the, the, uh, the explanation of the event that we're celebrating. So what is this all about? This whole baby being born to die. This uh, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing, and all of the all of the rest. What is this all about? I'd like to capture that from God's word, and uh, it has to do with uh, part of what we shared earlier with the children, and uh, you remember that we had uh, the, the shepherds and we had uh, the angels and. Before I read the story, let's just make sure we all know what an angel is. The Bible tells us that angels are created beings that, uh, God created to, to do His bidding, to be His, uh, to be His workers, to be His messengers, and that, uh, they have done this, uh, in heaven and sometimes on earth, uh, for a very, very long time. The story of uh, the account of Jesus' birth is filled with angels. We have angels that an angel tells Zechariah that uh, his wife Elizabeth is going to give birth to John the Baptist, who would be the herald of Jesus coming, and there is an angel that uh, tells Mary that she is going to, uh, to give birth, and there's an angel that tells Joseph the, to go ahead and that this is okay, and you're to, by the way, give him the name Jesus, and uh, there are angels that, that uh, show up here in Luke chapter 2, and this is what I want to talk with you about, because when angels show up, it means that God is about to do something really big, or somebody really important is about, uh, is, is, is about to come. And in this case, uh, it's both. God's about to do something really big, and somebody really important is about to show up. And so this is what the account of Luke tells us. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. Uh, Indeed, they were. I joked a few weeks ago. I said, you know, if you ever see a nativity scene uh, where the shepherds look like they just wet their pants, that's an authentic nativity scene. Buy it. Uh, How true. They're filled with fear at the sight of all of these angels. And an angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So there the shepherds are. They're hanging out. They're having a nice time around the fire. It's just another night. Uh, They're talking about whatever shepherds talked about. Uh, They're singing shepherd songs. They're telling shepherd stories. They're having shepherd pie. (laughs) That just came to me. I I didn't even think of that last service, but maybe that's what they were having. I don't know. But there they are, and suddenly there is an angel that appears to them. And every time an angel shows up in the Bible, this is a shocking thing because the sight of an angel is itself... Uh, a terrifying experience because uh, they have the glory of the Lord about them. And I don't know exactly what they look like, probably nothing like what we have in our minds, but there is an angel and this angel is speaking to them and says, hey, you shepherds, you need to realize something really important has just happened. There has been a baby born uh, and he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. He's over there in Bethlehem. And oh, by the way, he is Savior Christ and Lord. You might want to go check him out. And the shepherds are like, and then the text says that the sky is filled with a multitude of angels. Now, how many angels are there in a multitude of angels? We don't know. The idea with that word is countless. So imagine the sky. The sight of one uh, angel is terrifying enough. The sky is suddenly filled with all of these angels and each one of them resplendent with the glory of God. And they are all there now and they are saying something to the shepherds. So if the shepherds were not terrified just by the sight of one angel, now the sky is filled with them. They're all saying something uh, and what they are saying is this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased now the text says that they said it but the greek word means said or sing that can mean sing so i rather think that they were singing this song and i don't know how the melody went i don't know how loud it was i don't know if it was in parts four part harmony whatever it was i'm sure it sounded really great the point though of what they are singing is what they are saying in their singing and this is what i want to share with you tonight Because I believe it to be a model for what we ought to be doing ourselves tonight. They do two things. They go upward and then they go downward. They go Godward, then manward. They go go vertical, they go horizontal. They begin with God. Glory to God in the highest, is what they say. Now, why would the angels uh, be filled with praise? Why would they... Uh, want to break forth in this very vertical um, song? Well, here's why. Remember, the angels saw Christ prior to his birth. They had seen him in all of his heavenly glory. They knew the honor, they knew the might, they knew the riches that were his, and they their entire lives. This is what they had seen. The second person of the Trinity. There he is. They were in awe of him. They were they were they, when when he came by in heaven. They just stopped and were like wow there he goes why because he's god and they had seen him that way but for nine months he hadn't been around and these angels who were created to do what all created beings are are to do and that is to worship christ they hadn't done it for nine months why because he wasn't in heaven he now was in mary miraculously in mary And so these angels are just dying to do what they have been doing for all of this time. Plus, they are filled with wonder at what God has done. I mean, who could have ever thought that the second person of the Trinity, in all of his glory, would ever, ever leave that place of honor and worship and to become, of all things, a baby. All of that in a baby in a womb. The angels were like, what is God doing? We can't believe it. This is a, this is a miraculous thing. And I don't know exactly how it worked, but I rather think that the angels were peeking that night, that Christmas night. They were in awe. They were in wonder. They knew the moment was about to come, and they're sort of like, I don't know, peeking over the cloud, whatever they're doing, and they're looking down into Bethlehem, into this essentially a cave where the animals stayed, and they are just filled with awe at what is taking place. Because here is Mary now to the scene. Mary is there. And maybe in our minds we think, oh, this was an easy birth. She was giving birth to the Son of God, so there was no pain. It was all just, Oops, okay, everything's good. Uh, not at all. This was a normal birth and so mary is there and there's all the things that go along with the normal birth there is there are uh, there's pain and there is uh sweat and there is blood and there is anguish as this child is being born and then you add to it the fact that it's in a stable and so you have the smell of animals and you have dirt and grime this is a very natural kind of birth very natural way too natural for our comfort our modern sensibilities uh for sure But this is where she is. And that's part of the wonder of it as well, isn't it? That the king of heaven is born there. Wow. And the angels are doing that. They're just like, wow. And they're watching it. And they're wanting to break forth and do what they've been doing for all of their lives. And so when Jesus is born now, the angels are like, I mean, they are just ready to first fourth and one angel how he was picked we don't know maybe it was gabriel he sh- appears to the shepherds and says hey this is the child he's the christ savior lord he's right over there in swaddling clothes and the rest of the angels are like now's our time and just they show up on the scene and with great enthusiasm they get vertical they did not say they did not begin with way to go mary you did it joseph you're a good husband no Glory to God. They went to God. And they said, this is something that God has done. It is a wonderful thing. Praise the Lord. And this, I think, is what we need to do tonight. And tomorrow. And probably every day. Is to get vertical with the thought that God became a man. And to give God the praise for it. And that's what we're doing uh, here tonight. This is not a... This is not a sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, pat ourselves on the back sort of service tonight. We're not just here to kind of uh, have nice feelings about one another. We are here to give God praise for what he did when that child was born, like the angels, and to say, glory to God in the highest. How's your praise tonight? How's this Christmas time as you come into is there is there a sense of gratitude and gladness that God has done this? This, I think, is what the angels teach us. Glory to God in the highest, this miracle that God has done. The second part of what they sing, I think, is also instructive for us because they go on to say uh, peace to men. This is the, the downward, this is the earth word, this is the man word, this is the horizontal. The fact that God that Christ has come has huge implications for mankind. Now that he has come, there is peace on earth earth. And we've been talking in our, in our teaching time here in our, in our church about what this peace is. It is not that warm sort of fuzzy feeling that you get inside when you're around somebody you love. It is not, uh, it is not having the chestnuts roasting on the open fire and having the eggnog uh, uh, all nicely prepared and having your kids around you and, and having stockings and all this. That's, that's not the peace that it's talking about. What this piece is, is the Old Testament concept of peace. Shalom is the word. And the word means completeness or wholeness. It means what we, the the way that we think things ought to be. And by that, what I mean in this is this. That there is a sense in all of us that this world is not the way that it's supposed to be. That my life is not the way that it's supposed to be. My relationships are unsatisfying. My my job is not all that. My life is is not, it's not supposed to be weather like this. Just to bring it to bear to the modern moment. Yeah. I mean, we, don't, we look around and the things that we long for and crave are in the end dissatisfying to us. Because we want what we used to have. And the Bible describes what we used to have. Mankind used to have, back in the Garden of Eden, we had everything that we really longed for. We had shalom with God. There was peace with God. There was not brokenness. There was not emptiness. There was perfect wholeness in my relationship with God or in in, in Adam's relationship with God. There was shalom in the interpersonal relationships, which we all long for, don't we? Wouldn't it be great if tomorrow for all of us, everybody here, The family time at Christmas was absolutely perfect. No bad attitudes. No sort of family dynamic. No politics. Just absolute wonderfulness, if that's a word. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? It's not going to happen, is it? We just hope for a good, like, B-plus tomorrow. Because it's not the way that we long for. Something's missing. We look in the mirror and we see ourselves and we see our life and we see the way that we live and the failures of our life and we look to the past, maybe even this past year and we see things that we have failed in miserably and we say, I'm not what I ought to be. This is the world that we live in. We long for peace with God. We long for peace with one another. We long for peace within ourselves. And so we search for it, and so we begin relationships with people, and they end up being dissatisfying. And we, we, um, we go on vacation, and we say this will be the thing that will really bring happiness, but then we have to come home. And we, we uh, in our neighborhoods, we want security, so we start neighborhood watches, and nations begin, united nations. And on and on it goes. The world is searching for peace. We want shalom. We trust in our money. Maybe that'll give it to us. We trust in our possessions. We trust in our, our accomplishments, whatever it is. But in the end, these things are incredibly dissatisfying to us. They do not produce the shalom that we long for. I read today, as an example, of uh, a guy that invested with this um, uh, Madoff, Madoff, whatever his name was, the Ponzi scheme guy that's in all the news. There was a guy that invested over a billion dollars with that guy, and he lost all of it. And yesterday, he took his own life. Now, why would somebody do that? What's really going on there? His hope was in his money. And when the money is gone, life doesn't have... What's the point? And you see, we have all of these props, don't we, that we want to trust in and think that really brings significance to our life. But in the end, they don't, leaving us searching, leaving us despairing, leaving us depressed. Depressed. The band U2 summarizes our dilemma with a song called Peace on Earth. This is what they wrote. Heaven on earth, we need it now. I'm sick of sorrow, sick of pain. I'm sick of hearing again and again that there's going to be peace on earth. Bono's tired of it all. Maybe you are as well tonight. So how can the angels with any integrity say, hey, everybody, There is peace on earth. What are they talking about? Well, here's what they're talking about. The peace that Jesus brought was spiritual peace. His presence and then his life and his ministry, his death, his burial, his resurrection from the dead, now makes a way for the thing that we really want more than anything else to be restored. We want to have shalom with God. And Christ has come. And because he has come, there is now this peace. There is now this rescue. There is now this reconciliation. And friends, all the religions of the world try to answer that question. All of them do. And all of them, in some way, try to help men get to God. Christianity is unique in the sense that God has come to man. And this is what we celebrate Christmas Eve night. That God became a man, he came to us, he bridged the gap that we could never cross, and in doing that, he makes a way for men to experience peace with God. And we celebrate that, and the angels were excited about that. And it's coming, I would compare it a little bit to the discovery of some miracle drug, say penicillin or something like that the coming or the discovery of it is great news. But for it to be a cure to me, it has to become personal, doesn't it? I have to, it has to be, it has to come within me. And the same thing is true for the shalom that your heart and my heart longs for. Christ has come, that's great. But you can sing all the songs, you can go to every service in this community and celebrate Christmas Eve. You can You can uh, wrap presents, you can open presents, you can do all of that. But until the Christ is the christ of peace is your christ of peace you will not experience shalom this is what paulette was sharing with us about that she had she knew stuff she'd been around religion but then that was this one christmas celebration when she realized that she needed this herself and it became personal to her and she experienced and has now for these years shalom with god Wouldn't it be exciting if tonight that same thing could happen in your life? Huh? And it can. Because the offer goes out tonight, like any other night, it goes out that all who will believe in Christ and trust in Him as personal Savior, that their sins will be forgiven and that they will experience eternal life. And this service tonight can be that for you. We would love it to be. So may I ask you, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ personally? Is he your Savior and Lord? You can do that tonight by simply believing. Believing, truly. Trusting in what he did on the cross for you. This would be a great thing. We'd be happy to know about it. I think for Christians, the rest of, uh, maybe the rest of the room... You've uh, done this. I would suggest to you that this angel song is a guide for how we should be tonight. What I mean by that is that they went vertical and they gave glory to God, praise the Lord, and to feel in our hearts the joy and wonder that God has done this and to do that this Christmas Eve again, but also to think about the implications of Christ's coming manward and in terms of my relationship with God. And to give thanks that Christ has made this possible and has done it. He is our peace. And this is what the angels rejoiced in. This is it, right here, what we're talking about. They were happy that Christ had come and that his coming was an opportunity to give praise to God and to rejoice in what his life would mean on earth. You know, the earth has never been the same since. It has never been the same since. And so tonight, here at Bethel Church, we celebrate the Christ child, the King who came. Glory to God in the highest. Amen. 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 Why don't we.